Hi everybody, and uh, thanks very much for joining us at part two of uh, Ask Jane. Um, now, on the previous episode, we actually looked at uh, challenges with inequity release when it comes to the clients, whether that's adverse credit, lodgers, lasting powers of attorneys, things like that. Um, today, we're gonna to be looking more specifically at the purpose of the loan, so what the customers actually want to use the money for, and again, whether or not that can cause any challenges uh, and things to be mindful of when it comes to your advice. Uh, so, uh, as always, I'm uh, ably joined by Jane, who's gonna be answering the questions. Morning, Jane. Good morning. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll get straight into the first question. Again, uh, these questions tend to be hot topics on what Jane's answering on a daily basis with our brokers on our help desk. Um, but as always, if you have any areas yourself that you're coming across that haven't been covered, feel free to get in touch with our marketing team and we'd be more than happy to discuss them on a future session. Uh, so first of all, Jane, looking at the purpose of lo loan, um, if a customer is raising money to gift, whether that to be friends or family members, um, how does that impact on equity release? Gifting is absolutely fine. Um, and in fact, it's very, very popular at the moment um, with the current climate helping family or um, yeah, helping with deposits on houses and things like that, um, education, university. So yes, it's fine to gift. You must obviously document it well. Um, I think it's important if they're gifting to one beneficiary and not the others, if there is others, then that's documented as to why and when and whether you need to make an allowance for that by way of a drawdown uh, facility at a later date. So to treat beneficiaries equal, if that's the case, uh, it's usually children or grandchildren. Um, but yes, gifting is absolutely fine. And I think ties in with uh, how a lot of people view equity release nowadays. You know, the, the amount of customers that are out there that um, can see that a loved one needs some financial support, whether that's housing ladder, university, you name it. Um, and ultimately, they don't want to wait until they pass away to gift them some of their estate. You know, they, they do see it as part of their inheritance. And you'll sometimes even hear people uh, refer to it as being, you know, I want this to be a living inheritance. I want to be able to give them the money now while they need it. Um, I've heard many customers myself say, you know, giving 10,000 to my son at the age of 25, 30 will make such more of a profound difference than giving him even 100,000 when I come to pass away. Because by then, they've been to university, they've bought that car, they've moved up the housing ladder. Um, so even a, what could be quite a, a nominal amount in the customer's eyes could actually be a, a lot more significant to the person that's receiving it. Um, certainly uh, the, the most popular uh, option for equity release and why people take it when they're looking to clear a mortgage, Jim. Yes, certainly when they're looking to clear a mortgage. Ideally, if they're clearing a mortgage, there's no redemption penalties. Because obviously, if there's redemption penalties, you need to take that into account and make a justification as to why you're doing what you're doing. But um, I would say, yes, you're right. That's the most popular one at the moment. The interest-only mortgages are coming to an end. What we are struggling with sometimes is the loan to value they're looking for which is obviously based on the age of the youngest and therefore you're struggling to sort of shoehorn the amount in so it's by using the um, higher loan to value products and perhaps using the cash back to actually get you to your your you know, goal even um, and then some occasions we have to look at perhaps their pension pot and taking the tax-free lump sum to help repay some of them interest only mortgage to get it to the lifetime mortgage sort of level of borrowing but um, we work at it. 
So it ties in quite nicely then with the um, the view that equity release should be provided in a holistic way. Um, yep. And as you say there, Jen, uh, looking at absolutely any other option to be able to bridge that gap, if that gap needs bridging, it, it might be the customer's just not eligible for a remortgage. It's not that they can't afford it. Um, so many individual circumstances. I, I take it by that, then, Jen, um, do any secured loans and second charges need to be cleared as well? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the first and only charge with most of our lenders. We do have just retirement that will possibly allow a small second charge and it's usually for things like a bank overdraft or something like that for business purposes so it would only be sort of five ten thousand pound and that's on a case-by-case basis okay so a nominal amount possibly may be able to remain uh, but ultimately the best way probably to look at it as an overreaching is both would need to be cleared uh, as a result and uh, customers that may be looking to take funds to clear credit cards or unsecured debt Yes, I mean, they can do that. Um, You've got to be mindful that when you're clearing this debt, um, that you're putting it onto compound interest. So therefore, the debt won't be cleared, it'll just compound, um, so it'll get bigger in actual fact, because it's against your secured house. But for a lot of cases where people have reduced income, um, debt problems, then it's peace of mind. So you have to weigh that with the compound interest and peace of mind, or encourage them to actually make some form of interest payment or overpayments against the um, lifetime mortgage to slow up the roll-up. But it needs to be clearly documented on the fact find that you've um, advised them of this, the effect it will have, and demonstrated in the suitability of the actual true cost that this is all going to cost over a period of time. Yeah, something certainly, uh, you know, compliance departments, the FCA alike, uh, are certainly obviously taking a keen interest in if, if they are going to be taking a potentially medium term debt, you know, even if they are paying credit cards off over 10, 15 years and turning it into a lifetime debt, they need to understand the, the ramifications of doing so. Uh, and as you quite rightly say, Jim, uh, make sure that they've been given all the proper warnings that they do mm-hmm. understand exactly what it entails. Um, because the temptation could be very easy to just say, I'll take equity release, clear off some debts and enjoy an extra couple of hundred pounds a month or whatever the case may be. Um, but if that customer doesn't understand the true impact and the cost to their estate of doing so, uh, that's where it, it can get quite tricky. Um, now, I, I think it's fair to say we've seen a, a lot of press uh, as a result of lockdown, COVID, everything else that goes with it. Um, customers wanting to uh, buy properties with gardens or more outside space. But also alongside that is customers wishing to purchase a second home. Um, you know, maybe they want to, whether that is abroad or, or in the UK, to enjoy staycations, as, uh, as tends to be the buzzword at the moment. Um, is that something that's allowed, Jane, buying a second home? You can, you can purchase a second home. Um, we are getting lots of inquiries, as you can imagine at the moment, from people perhaps more in the M25 looking to buy a second property with a garden or, or a view or something. Um, so everyone's sort of reconsidering their future, I think, we're starting to see. Um, what we are also seeing is people with larger properties in London not wishing to sell at the moment um, for whatever reason. So your million pound, two million pound. But they're looking to move further out, whether it be in the country or to the coast. Um, and they're looking to use their main residence to do an equity release and then purchase a second property using the equity release or doing a purchase using Canada Life um, 
second home plan, um, which is the only lender now in the market offering um, funds for a second home. So there's two options of doing it. So um, I think people need to look outside the box and consider these options now, to be honest with you. Yeah, as we said, there's going to be more and more customers um, because of the latest events that are going to be looking into that time. Um, so just to uh, to summarise her then, Jen, um, anyone taking equity from their main residence to purchase a second home, generally okay across the market. Um, but if they were looking to put the equity release loan on the second home, uh, then that would only be available through Canada Life. Perfect. Thanks very much. Um, I think probably what brings up a lot of customers to advisors, though, um, many customers might not have a defined idea exactly what they want to do with funds, but a lot of them will just generically say, I want to enjoy my retirement. I've worked all my life for that equity. I now want to take it out and enjoy it. Um, what impact would that have, Jim? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, um, I think, have revisited life at the moment um, and uh, rather than sit and you know, can't take your house with you, can you? So um, if you can use it to enjoy in retirement. I think the problem now is with the new Equity Release Council checklist, you've actually fully got to document the breakdown. So you don't need to take any more than you need. And, and if you obviously want to build in a drawdown facility, then you have to document somehow um, over a period what that's going to be used for and how you're going to spread it out. So if you say you want you know, £10,000 a year or £1,000 a month or whatever, you document that and you, you can justify that over a set period of time, um, depending on the client's age, of course, um, and then take them through retirement. So again it's just documenting it and it's really really important because if you take a larger drawdown facility um, then you're going to have a higher rate of interest so it's getting that fine balance of what the client's looking to do and it's probing soft facts soft facts soft facts what are they likely to do and and you may get a joint couple where you know one says one thing and one says another well that's fine but you've got to document it and you've got to deal with it advise and recommend accordingly so um, that's more conversations really to be honest with you know your client indeed De delving that bit deeper uh, understanding equity release is the vehicle for them to enjoy their retirement but tangible options in terms of what is going to make them enjoy their retirement is it more mm. money is it a holiday home is it a boat <laughs> whatever the case may be um, once you get down to that level of detail that's when you'll truly get a, a bespoke plan for your customers needs and make sure that it's going to be fit for purpose as well uh, obviously, another very popular one, Jane, home improvements, um, anything from landscaping the gardens to walking baths, adapting the property for, for later life. Um, how have, have are lenders approaching that area? They're fine with it, to be honest with you. Um, they don't ask for um, estimates and things like that, which is pretty good news. Um, so as an advisor, you might like to uh, get your client to get estimates so that you don't you only release enough money that you want to. Um, the important thing here is we do get people want to build extensions and quite often we get an extension that's half built um, and we, we really struggle with that and the lenders struggle with that. So you either put your, you either um, do your extension uh, before and then re, um, mortgage or after. You can't do it in between. So it has to be, um, if you're going to build an extension, that's fine. Tell the lender, because obviously under terms and conditions, you've got to tell the lender what you're going to do. And you can approve it at the early stages. Um, and then you can borrow the money and perhaps build the reserve in as you build it. Um, or you do it after. And obviously the value of the property may be higher, so you may be able to borrow more. So it's a sort of chicken and egg. And it's again, know your client, have they got the, the funds to build it? Um, how are they going to build it, fund it? 
and everything else. So indeed. And I think, yeah, that's probably the, the one, I wouldn't say problematic area, but area that is important to give a bit more consideration to is when the customer is doing not just extension, but any work that might need planning permission, building regs, things like that. I think number one, I would always recommend being as open with the lender as possible in terms of now and future plans. Because let's say, for instance, a customer was doing an extension and they have, or they intend to do an extension in the future, should we say, and they have immediate needs. Um, but the, the lender doesn't know that plan. And therefore they say, yeah, there's 20,000 to pay for your mortgage and there's a drawdown facility for whatever you need. Uh, imagine the customer's disappointment if they come to access the drawdown, say I want to build an extension, and for whatever reason, the plans they have in mind aren't within the lender's criteria. You've then got an awkward situation where the customer took the drawdown funds for that purpose, the lender weren't to know any better and, uh, and advise them accordingly. So I often say if they do have any ideas, these customers, in terms of what they want to do in the future, what their plans may be, share that with the lender. I know sometimes it may feel like you're creating yourself a, a problem, but it's more to avoid a bigger problem down the line if their plans are, are not going to be something that's suitable to, to the lender's criteria. Um, but as Jane quite rightly says there, generally speaking, uh, home improvement is very, very popular with equity release. A lot more people now are deciding to stay in the properties, whether that's because they've got emotional ties or they like the area. Um, and obviously there's a cost associated with moving. So nowadays, yes, downsizing could well be an option for a lot of customers. Um, but when you've actually broke it down and seen the cost involved, it might not be right for that individual. Um, and talking about uh, buying new properties, Jane, um, how about customers that wish to upsize? Definitely, we're seeing that quite quite regularly, actually. Um, and if you think about it, if you're in your three-bedroomed house and you want a bungalow, they tend to be more expensive. And also, we get people that want to move closer to family. So it may be in an area where it's more expensive. So people forget this one, and it's a really good one for you to use with estate agents. Because, um, you know, if they've got a shortfall, then they may be able to buy a bigger property or a more expensive property that will suit their needs better now. Um, and again, quality of life. Perfect. Uh, and if they were doing that, Jen, do, do they need to take money on their current property to fund it? Or can it all be done as part of the, the purchase transaction? On the purchase, yeah, on the purchase. What you need to do is just make sure that your solicitor's really up to speed. So you need someone that's um, a specialist in this market, really, um, because obviously the transaction's got to go through the lender solicitor's hands as well as your solicitor's hands for the purchase on that day. So therefore, it needs to be sort of uh, well geared um, to make sure yeah. that happens. So uh, would it be fair to say then, um, specialist solicitor, someone that specialises in equity release, obviously that can handle that side of the transaction, someone who specialises in the purchasing, the conveyancing. Um, so would you say it's good advice then to have a solicitor dealing with both sides of the transaction? Yeah, yeah. Um, whether it be your own family solicitor, that's perhaps okay, or, or a specialist. Um, but our, we've got a panel of solicitors and our panel of solicitors do offer that service as well. Perfect. So you may have a sale as well as a purchase and the equity release. Yeah, And I'd assume while it may not be the same individual solicitor dealing with uh, the whole area, uh, to have it all under one roof is going to mean they communicate yeah. a lot more effectively. Yeah. Excellent. Um, also, uh, again, something that's becoming more and more popular uh, and more common is customers wishing to use equity release to pay for long term care. Yeah, we're seeing that consistently now. Um, a lot of people, um, because of COVID, now actually want care in the home, which is uh, a changed. Uh, it used to be paying for care in nursing homes, um, but we are seeing more care in the home now. Um, and I think 
just take the funds that you need usually we, we say for 12 months and then pop, put the rest on reserve try and work out life expectancy to make sure that you've got sufficient funds to cover this um, over the period of time and it's working with the um, the clients and their families in trying to decide how to deal with this for the care and for for the person it may be maybe under an LPA um, but yes um, draw down take what you need put the rest on reserve is, is possibly the best way forward perfect and uh, again going to be more and more common I, I feel uh, supplementing income um, whether that's the supplementary retirement income or pre-retirement income supplementing income yes we're seeing um, again demand um, from the sort of people at 55 that perhaps have had to retire early um, may want you know 10 10 year 15 year money um, and then you get the other ones that obviously want it in retirement, perhaps indefinitely. Um, we do have legal in general that offer an income plan, which does suit some people. You take a small initial amount and then you get a monthly income. The benefit of the monthly income plan is the interest rates are set on the day that you take it. And the guilt exit is also based on the day you take it. So therefore, but you, it's also set in stone. So when you when you set it up on day one, that's what happens. If you want to stop it, you can. But when you stop it, you can't restart it. So, but it's particularly useful for people in their sort of late 50s. It want a 10 year window of income until they get their state pension or draw their pensions because at the moment the pensions aren't good so they may wish to leave them for later in life and then rely on the pensions to pay out you know in their 60s so it's it's a stopgap and it's quite a useful um, talking point as well and if you can't use it that way then obviously take an initial amount and put a reserve in place and then you've got a wide choice of lenders excellent and i suppose yeah when when looking at uh, that side of it i suppose that's a, an ideal type of customer where they've got a preset defined idea of how much they need how long they need it for with equity release you, you're always trying to base it on average life expectancy and things and obviously no one's got a crystal ball um, but if a customer knows exactly when they're going to retire and exactly how much money they want to last them through until then i'd imagine that'll be uh, making up for quite a robust fact find it's quite interesting when you talk to advisors actually about that subject um, because it's new it's different um, and it's a different approach um, and we get it I would say once a week at least on the desk is an option to put a, again holistic planning you know um, looking at all the options and then obviously discounting them as and when um, and coming to the right advice and recommendation and conclusion perfect um, and last couple of areas uh, on here so I mean first of all looking at, again at another objective um, we've seen customers before wishing to raise money to extend maybe their lease term or purchase freeholds um, how does that complicate things well it used to be fine but all of a sudden the lenders have got really a bit not all of them but a bit jittery about sending the lease simultaneously the problem appears that because of um, COVID-19, the land registry are taking, we're told, up to a year. So this is all sort of put the jitters in the lenders. So some are quite happy to try still to do them simultaneously, while other lenders have, have decided to take the stance that it needs to be done before they can apply. So the lease has to be extended before they apply. So again, this is new and we're working on it. We've got a few inquiries out with lenders to see what their stance is at the moment. Yeah. And I think a really good example there of why there could be a purpose for the funds that are fine to the customer, fine to the lender, but it's an outside third party, in this case, land registry, 
um, because of the delays they've had, which I think is understandable and inevitable. You know, we're, we're faced with unprecedented times. Um, so naturally, a lot of people and a lot of companies are behind and land registry are, are no different. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that the lender can be fine with it, the customer wants it, the, the advice stands up. Yeah. But unfortunately, outside third parties are causing a, an additional hurdle to overcome. Um, so obviously, we've been through a, a number of purposes there, and that is very much intended just as a flavor of some of the things that we see on the help desk. Um, when customers are, are using them for those purposes, Jane, or many others, um, is there any benefit and knock-on effects that's uh, going to benefit the customer when it comes to inheritance tax? Yes. I mean, we are seeing that widely used now, and it's interesting that the Equity Release Council on their old um, checklist uh, used to say you shouldn't borrow money to invest, but on the new checklist, they've actually removed number eight. They've added quite a few more, but it's an indication with the interest rates being so low, and as long as you're getting this full holistic planning IFA um helping you and guiding you then yes we are seeing substantial amounts of money being used for inheritance tax planning and i think that's uh, that's a fair point in terms of it, it certainly could be a beneficial aspect to the customer it's certainly an area of advice that can be quite specialist so you know that's why you you would always say speak to an ifa speak to a taxation mm. specialist um, and I think generally speaking, it's probably fair to say that um, while it might not be a case of equity release is used intentionally for inheritance tax planning, um, the fact that the customer has an underlying objective for those funds can have a better beneficial impact in the, the bigger term as well. Fantastic. Well, um, that brings us to close uh, another area of expertise from Jane. So thank you very, very much for that, Jane. Really do appreciate it. Um, as we said at the beginning, very much intended just as a bit of a flavour for anyone uh, that uh, maybe is emerging into the market, maybe is new to the market. Um, in fairness, I've been in the market many years and there's a couple of topics there that I wasn't aware of. So um, I always find with these sessions, if you can take at least one or two things away and learn something new, it's been time well spent. So I, I thank you all again for joining us. Final thanks to Jane for uh, her expertise and uh, we'll see you on the next session.